0: courtside indiana podcast is brought to you by metro indie basketball fall league the 14th annual fall league runs from sundays october 11th through november 1st for more information and to register visit metroindiebasketball.com also box out sports the best sports graphics platform built for speed and control with your organization in mind try it now for free at boxoutsports.com welcome to courtside indiana podcast we are on episode 45 i'm jim reamer as always and joining me this week is barney o'neill barney how was your week uh pretty good week good christmas yeah, week. i mean it's christmas yeah we we can touch on that you got some new new uh hardware for podcasting, well you probably didn't get it for podcasting but you're looking well, sharp there in your airpod pros it's look, looking good
1: Actually, my wife. She said the reason she got me these was for podcasting. She knew ah, I was looking smart for wife. some wireless. So,
0: smart wife. Yeah. Uh, she Zach is a smart is, woman. Zach is celebrating a family Christmas, so he will not be joining us this week. I don't know. We we didn't get the mini games as so I we we talked a little bit about this before we recorded. There wasn't a whole lot of action this week with Christmas Eve being on a Thursday, Christmas Day being on a Friday. Yesterday was sort of an abbreviated Wabash Valley. However, they're handling that. I'm looking at their schedule going forward. It looks a little bit more normal uh, from here Mm -hmm. on out. Uh, But I think they had some tough times uh, getting with some last-minute cancellations. But, you know, everybody's handling that. You know, everybody's doing that. And, and again, the ADs are doing a great job. The the school coaches are doing a great job of recognizing openings and getting the stuff filled out, which – you were talking about some activity down there that's impacting your schedule this week. What were, what were you saying about that?
1: Well, that's Monday I had intended on going down to the, the Perry Spencer uh, tournament. Um, yeah. Of course, I wasn't going to be able to make it down there until the evening to watch. Uh, it would been Northeastern and uh, South Spencer and then Heritage Hills and North Harrison. But um, the word is on Twitter, and of course, I haven't seen anything official from anybody down there, but Heritage Hills had to drop out. So now now all the games have been moved to Tell City and they've had to redo that schedule. So I'm not really for sure how that's going to work out now on my Monday viewing.
0: So no. So the northeastern South Spencer game possibly at Tell City then instead of at Heritage Hills.
1: Well, I'm hoping they keep northeastern and south or South Spencer playing each other. But, you know, who knows what's going to go on with that?
0: You'll like Northeastern, and if if this thing looks like it's all the power in this thing is in the Heritage Hills games, right? Northeastern, South Spencer, mm-hmm. North Harrison, Heritage yeah. Hills. Uh, the the other side of that right now is looking pretty. I don't want to say yeah. soft, but soft <laughs> compared. the 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 bracket kind of drew out, kind of heavy on one side, didn't it?
1: <laughs> oh, it's it's very heavy. I mean, when you consider. You Know Tell City did have what a, a 30 point comeback on Washington, which if uh, Washington is young, yeah, uh, Perry thing. Central, yeah, Perry Central lost an overtime to a very young North Davies team. Crawford County has lost some games, uh, had some controversy involved around them, but and and I haven't heard anything about Corridon Central, so yeah, I mean, I mean we got th- definitely we got
0: th- we got three. Teams that are going to be competing for a state championship at the two-A level, though. And then mm-hmm. North Harrison's got a real good shot. Oh, that's probably the wrong word. They, if they can get through Silver Creek, they got they probably have a pretty decent shot to you know make some noise. Um, just well, those those are four really good teams. I mean, you're you're gonna enjoy yeah. watching Northeastern play, they like to play fast. Uh, we're we're getting a, whole, a little bit sidetracked here, but they've got they've got Colton uh, Van Landingham, and they've got uh, mm-hmm. uh, Raiden Faust, and and then they've they've got the um, um Carter and his brother. Ah, shoot, um, the the brothers that are pretty good. I should know their <laughs> names. I hate I hate when I go blank on that on stuff like that um, when I'm trying to make a point, but especially when we're a little bit off script, but yeah, yeah you'll enjoy that. You'll enjoy watching them play. Uh, Coach Ross does a great job. They like to play fast. So uh, it'll, it'll be, uh, if that's the way South Spencer likes to play, then that bad boy's going to be up and down and you'll enjoy it. Well, so.
1: And I think it will. And I think everybody for South Thou- Spencer is back now. Uh, when I did watch him against Washington, they were missing several key pieces. So it wasn't what I really wanted to see.
0: Cool. Not cool. I mean, but oh, yeah. yeah, you'll, you'll enjoy it. And then if it's at Tell City, hopefully they'll do that scavenger hunt thing at halftime. I, that oh yeah. I forgot
1: about that. Yeah, yeah.
0: Let me, let me, I mean, I, I seriously enjoyed that in real time. That was fun. Uh, because I coached the Bronson Kessinger from court and I'd been down there multiple, you know, years in a row. And and it, one year I went multiple days in a row. So, or multiple yeah. days in a week. And it's just kind of different, you know, and you're looking for something that's just, you know, beyond the dance team and the band and, mm-hmm something you can kind of participate in, and um, I spent all my time watching. So Uh, Zach is gone, as we mentioned, so I'm going to be doing the uh, recruiting updates, and as soon as we got done recruiting or recording last week, right now it's 5 o'clock on Sunday. Normally we're doing this about 6.30. As soon as we got done last week, uh, Braden Smith picked up an offer to Belmont, so if those who listened on Monday, we didn't miss it. It just didn't. It just just wasn't out and about by the time we got done recording. So Braden Smith picked up the uh, offer from Belmont. Going chronologically, Kyle Ross picked up an offer from IUPUI, and then he also narrowed his list down to – I'm going to scramble here to find it real quick. If I can, um, if I can't, then I'm hosed. And I can't find that tweet now. I think his final – Four are going to be, um, are going to be IUPUI, Drake, um, hang on a second here. I can get it right quick. IUPUI, Drake, um, Rhode Island and Wisconsin Green Bay. Really those are his four only offers, at least reportedly, and, you know, again, a guy that missed the school year last year because of a transfer all but one game and then didn't really have a summer of recruiting. His recruiting, you know, just, again, we go through this every week. It seems like we mention we make some mention of somebody that, whose recruiting was impacted by COVID. So he's mm-hmm. down to that final four. Caleb Edwards, we, we do think a couple of these offers, we do think he had the DePaul and Franklin offer before this week, but he did pick up an offer from IU South Bend. Caleb Edwards is a, a six foot three inch wing from uh, Garen Catholic in Noblesville. Isaiah swoop, who was the, or uh, Swope, who was the, uh, the only guy last week that got offers <laughs> reportedly picked up another one this week, junior college Colby. Brian Waddell picked up a, a really good mid-major offer in Wright State. Evan, and then sticking with the offer, Sam Orm and Mason Brooks, both picked up NAI offers. Sam Orm is a sophomore from Carmel that, Barney got a chance to see firsthand this week. And uh, he got an offer from Huntington. And Mason Brooks got an offer from an NAI school of Michigan Dearborn. Uh, we had three commitments this week. Caleb Swearingen uh, just committed, I want to say yesterday it was reported that he committed the Olivet Nazarene, six foot four-inch wing, who has been really good for them the last, well, the last two years going into this year. Didn't know much about him two years ago, and then he came over and played in the fall league and was, was, was very competitive. And that's it, only a surprise because I had not seen or heard much of him before he played in it, and he's continued to play well for them. Uh, Evan Altman, who I think is another kid whose recruiting was impacted by COVID, vastly under-recruited, in my opinion, uh, committed to Illinois Springfield, which is in the GLVC, same conference as mm-hmm. Southern Indiana, same conference as Indianapolis, so that's the best Division Two. Is it still the best Division Two conference in the country? You think?
1: Is there an argument against it? I mean, it's I think we're going to have a hard hard time really telling that this year because of all the postponements and cancellations. Yeah, that could be.
0: Well, I mean, and I don't mean this year specifically. I just mean on the whole. Is it? I mean, are we? You know, that seems like they're always got three or four teams that are competing, right? For, well,
1: I was going to say the last couple of years, they consistently had somebody in the final eight. Yeah. So, I mean, and that's every year.
0: And then the big one was Chris Mantis, who committed the Appalachian State. I, I, I will say I was a little surprised by that. Um, I mean, I know it's a I know it's a beautiful place and I know it's mm-hmm. of, of all the schools that were recruiting him. I don't know if this mattered, but they were the farthest south. Uh, if, if, if weather played a role at all, his final six were Appalachian State, Ball State, Drake, Illinois, Chicago, Purdue, Fort Wayne and Valparaiso. Um, I, I'm of the opinion that when you're recruiting stays at a certain level, that you tend to favor the ones that were on board first and f- at least – but looking at it from a calendar perspective, that was Ball State and Valpo. And I guess I was a little surprised um, that it didn't go that direction. I guess I can understand maybe when they get a little farther from home. Um, but because his I mean, but his parents don't miss anything. His, his mother and stepfather are freaking everywhere. And they're a great basketball family. And I mean, I'd be shocked if they don't have a condo or an apartment well (laughs) in Appalachian State by the time he gets down
1: there you know hearing that uh, big kudos to his parents for that because and and kids want to say it doesn't really mean anything but kids love having their parents there let's be honest about it regardless of what level yeah they do they yeah
0: I've always told our guys and you know we've had these conversations before if, if if distance from home is about you being close to home Mm-hmm. Geographically, then it's it's silly because I would always tell you. I mean, and I mean it in terms of getting home. Right. I would even tell somebody from Carmel, don't go to Butler thinking you're gonna you're gonna be close to home and just come home whenever you want because you're not. <laughs> you're gonna be a college student. The colleges, especially the, athletically, are going to compel you to stay on campus to be part of that community. Yeah. Uh, and eventually, it's going to sink in that you are a, an adult. You are learning how to be responsible for yourself and you're, you're wanting to be part of that community. So you don't go home nearly as much. And, and sometimes when that decision gets made, it just, I don't know, it kind of falls by the wayside. Now, if you're doing that, so your mom and dad or your family can see you play a lot more easily, then definitely makes sense. And mm-hmm. um, obviously he didn't do that. He, he went farther away. He took the farthest well, offer left.
1: Is he an outdoorsy kid? I mean, I don't know. that's a great place yeah, to I go. So, it, I mean, in,
0: that, in that regard, it would be. I think weather probably maybe played a role. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if there was a, an academic reason for, it, as far as maybe they offered something the others didn't. Right. Um, and it's not questioning. Just again, I always maintain that unless recruiting jumps a level, it's usually the, the schools that are in there like first that that have the advantage, and they weren't too far behind.
1: Um, well, and it's one of those things I, right, I always put it out on my Twitter and on my page and all that good stuff, you know, don't, you know, I always try to say, hey, kids, go far away if you've got an opportunity to go see the world while, while you're young, you know, yeah. and then if, if you want to come home and settle down, do that. But there's there's some fun things out there, you know, there's nothing you're missing in your little hometown that won't be the same when you get back.
0: Not all the hometowns are little, but I get what you're saying. Well, um, yeah. But and the other thing too is, we now we're diving into like recruiting advice. The other thing would be to right. consider is maybe where do you want to live when you graduate. Mm-hmm. That's a big. That's a big part of it. And oh yeah, especially, especially when you start considering internships and things that are going to relate to your your major and is the area that you're going into are they strong? Is, is that is that professional community? Is that professional environment? supported Mm -hmm. within the region especially at a big city level or you know if you know like you go you go to butler because you know part of it is that you're going to have a big influence you know in the indianapolis or chicago areas Mm -hmm. especially indy um that's one reason to go to butler because they have a fantastic working relationship with indianapolis businesses and a lot of those places also have connections in, in chicago so Uh, So congratulations to those three guys for committing Uh, real quick before we move on, Sam Orm had picked up the offer from Huntington. I look, I applaud NAI schools for being aggressive. I I think Sam's going to, going to end up being at a higher level. I think he's a division one prospect. I don't think there's any question about that. I mean, you've, you, have you you got a chance to see him disagree, agree with close. Where am I? Where are you on that one?
1: I think, I think you're very close. It's one of those things, you know, when we go watch basketball games, you know, when the normal person goes to watch a basketball game, they're watching the action. Whereas we're watching players actions and his ceiling is very, very high with what he showed in that game. And it's, you know, he's, he's got a lot of room to develop, but I think he's, he's got that, the kind of head on his shoulders. He's going to put that work in and, what a huge confidence game for him in such a large game like that. So, yeah, I, I think you're, uh, you're on track there with that one. In large moments. Oh yes,
0: know. man. In fact, We're going to talk more about that later. Um, before we get into what are anything else on those guys before we move on?
1: Well, I the, did uh, any of that list. No, but I've South Spencer just put out a news release and, uh, all the games for that, that tournament are up and Northeastern is not in that tournament now. Oh, really? Yeah. So yeah. So that's All a, those that's games, I'm sorry.
0: All those games are what clarify that. I didn't, I didn't get what you're saying. Northeastern is not playing and I got that part, but
1: yeah. So they, they redone the schedule now. And like on Monday night, Perry central is now playing South Spencer oh, and okay. Northeastern is not in the tournament whatsoever. So there's going to be
0: three games at tell city.
1: Two games on Monday, three games on Tuesday, and two games on Wednesday.
0: Oh, I see. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But all the action will be there, so...
1: Yeah, at Tail City.
0: Okay. All right. Yep. All right. Uh, before we move on to best game, best team, best player, which is our weekly feature that we're going to keep doing, I, I like it. So, um, too. You know, I want to give a big kudo, big shout-out to Jimmy Howe, who retired abruptly on Tuesday from Lapel. He was a longtime head coach at I'm going to probably mess up where he was before Mount Vernon, but Mount Vernon, Brownsburg and then Lapel. He won two state championships at Lapel. And he was you know, he's a he's obviously in the upper echelon as far as wins, he's upper echelon as far as the IBCA coaching community and you know, for a coach to abruptly retire, and I can confirm it's not for any health-related reasons. Uh, I do know one of the side benefits of him retiring is he will get to see his son Jr. coaching. You know, now at Zionsville, the head coach there, he'll get a chance to see that without any, without any conflict. But that didn't that didn't enter into it. That's just going to end up being a nice side benefit. He's already got his Zionsville gear and looking good. and and uh, you know, that's just a great basketball family so you know there's a bunch of crap that goes on there we're not going to get into it too much because there's not a great way to confirm all the stuff that's circling around that situation but it's i'm glad it's not health related i wondered about that and uh, but a, but a great career and he was one of those guys that when i first started him and marty Eckelbarger and, and of course coach hetty at carmel the uh, bob hetty scott's father those three guys were probably the most helpful to me in terms of getting gym space even getting kids and both Mount Vernon which is where Jimmy was at the time and and Frankfurt where Coach Eckelbarger was both those schools were putting through a lot of talent at that stage so I always thank them for trusting me always thank them for getting me gym time that was you know before the early 90s so that was before the days of schools having field houses and you know and six to eight courts and you know gym time was a lot tougher to come by back then so really really appreciated that and and Jimmy's had a great career at lapel and and they are going to miss him they're going to regret um, how that all went down so uh, moving on let's get to best game best team and best player I think we're going to pick the same game right
1: yeah yeah absolutely
0: and we're just going to talk about it yeah. Carmel, Barr Reeve, your hot take last week was that Bar Reeve would beat Carmel. You were looking really, really good. <laughs>
1: mm-hmm.
0: Really good for three quarters, really three and a half quarters, right?
1: Yeah, three and three quarters
0: of a quarter. Three yes. and three
1: quarters of a quarter.
0: All right. Mm-hmm. Um, Brandon, or Kurt Hope, best player on the floor?
1: Um. In this particular game, I would say yes, just oh, def- because. Yeah. I, I would say because Pete uh, Souter was running a different position than in the plays. You
0: know, I, it, I really
1: was, expected. Go ahead.
0: And you know, that's good. That's he did. He has to Carmel for for what's worth. Um, bar we've controlled most of the game. We I mean I think anybody that follows this podcast probably knows how that game played out. Bar Reeve controlled most of the game, led by as many as 15, correct? hmm And being the Carmel homer that I am, the only thing I can say is that when you they play without their starting point guard, they play without their starting center, who had, albeit, has been struggling this year to get going. And they also were basically playing with an injured starting guard who I'm going to guess not 100% healthy. Um, he's there also their sort of de facto backup point guard. And that's a lot of stuff to go through when you're already challenged with, you know, with, and even the guy they would bring in with Goya missing, um, uh, Burke Weldy, he, he was out because of COVID. So they had, they lost three guys to either COVID uh, COVID test or contact tracing and, that's the reality we're in and the only one making excuses is me (laughs) they didn't make excuse (laughs) they were um but bar reeve came in it looked like a home game for them right
1: absolutely they They travel well
0: they brought the whole damn town with them and uh it was fun i i enjoyed it i i had no problem with how it was going down other from a basketball perspective um you know, usually you're rooting for the underdog in that situation, but I'm just a – you know, I'm a Carmel guy, and and I would, you know, would rather them not lose any game. So, was, well, yeah, you know, but uh, Barree, they they were really, really good. I was really impressed with Hagan Knapp mm-hmm. um, and Graber. So both those guys did what they needed to do, not not just in terms of barre winning a game, but showing they belong on a court with guys that – you know, where they're not the best athletes on the floor.
1: Well, and I'll and get back to Suter. Not uber athletic, right? But but they're definitely more athletic than Barre. And yeah, and I'll longer. Get on the and longer, but I'll get back to Suter in a minute. But you know, we talked a little bit about, um, you know, who's got the most pressure on him in this game and whatnot. And one of the things I was really interested to see is how well Bryson Graber could guard high level talent. Yeah. How will that translate into the college game? And and I think he done a pretty good job on Suter. Um yeah. you know, it's it's one of those things, these kids, they're not in fantastic um weight training programs right now. So when they get to some of these other programs at the college level, their speed and their strength really grows. You know, through that. So I think he's got some room. You know, Bryson Graber's got some room for improvement, where he'll get a little bit quicker and a little bit stronger, which will really help him uh, going forward should he play college basketball.
0: Yeah. And the the longer comment really had more to do not with length versus barre but length versus who Barrie normally plays. But, oh, absolutely. Which yeah, I'm, just I'm not.
1: I well, in the four years that. Or four or five years that I really followed Bart Reeve. I don't. Uh, maybe Fort Wayne Blackhawk two years ago.
0: Yeah, with Davidson. Um, would and mm-hmm. and first, yeah.
1: Yes, or even Fort Wayne Blackhawk three years ago because they had a couple six eight kids on the team at that time. But you know that's the longest team I had seen up until Carmel uh, on Wednesday. And
0: with Goya not in the game, we're really big. And yeah. with with Whack not in the game, we're even bigger. Mm-hmm. I mean, those two guys are the the two. And whack, Jay, I mean, Jaha Jalen's brother Josh isn't short. He just those two guys, the two smallest players that get varsity minutes, and it quickly goes to six four from there. And 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 Leary is probably closer to six three, but mm-hmm. um, of course, Leary, the son of Todd Leary, completely saved Carmel's bacon. Oh, for, for three quarter for well, definitely in the second and third quarter, mm-hmm. and even hit a couple more as the game went on. But he kept a minute with his shooting, and you know, and he's look, he can get loose. He is probably the best shooter on the varsity team, maybe even the best shooter in the program. He came in last year in some games and hit some big shots. I know Zionsville game last year and the during the regular season. It was a really sluggish, it was a rock fight basically. And then he and mm-hmm. Jackson Jansen, who was a senior last year, came in and hit some threes and really loosened it up. And and he's the one guy that that shoots the ball that doesn't care. You know, he doesn't he doesn't have much of a conscience about it. There's nothing wrong with there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. And he knows that when he's in there, he's got to be a willing defender and and a guy who gets gets loose for jump shots and, and, you know, when he's hitting, you can ride with him. And he ended up with 18 points. All six of them, all of his points were on threes and, or did he hit seven?
1: I thought he had seven.
0: Yeah. He had 21. Yeah. And you know, and and then of course we see in overtime, what Suter can do. Yes. You know, the way he can impact the game on both ends of the floor. Um, you know, but the game didn't really start turning around until Carmel started pressuring, started pressuring the backcourt. And they started blitzing ball screens. And just the, With, the, the, the trapping and the rotation, the rotations is what really hurt bar Is is not being able to play through the back end of that rotation. Mm-hmm. And that's and it, where Carmel goes, really started impacting.
1: And it comes down to, you know, you talked about the pressure and who bar normally plays. And, you know, with that pressure, Barreach trying to throw the ball over the top of the press mm-hmm. against guys that are six, seven, you know, with wingspans that are seven foot long. And it just, it was three straight turnovers that were converted on the opposite end that got him. And it got Carmel back in the game. And, and Orm got two of them. Yes, right? he did.
0: Or was Waddell one of those two back there that they both were in the back line away from us? Orm definitely got one of them. I think Orm had both of those, and he was he was big because he hit three corner threes. No, one, two corner threes, one on the wing. Where, yeah, I don't even know if Larry was in the game, and they're trying to find at that point, they're trying to find guy. Um, you know, just making sure they can play f- three or four guys who can score at a time when they're trying to come back, almost sacrificing defense at that point. And, you know, he came in, look, a lot of schools play a lot of sophomores and Carnival doesn't play a lot of sophomores. And we had two sophomores that, that stepped up and, and were really, had really good games. It was Orm on the offensive end, also making a couple defensive plays. And then Jared Bonds came in and look, he wasn't going to shut down Hope, but he made things as difficult as possible for Kurt. Mm-hmm. And he didn't get a significant touch in the paint until about what two minutes into the third quarter. Uh,
1: I wouldn't even it well, I wouldn't even say a significant touch, to be honest with you, because every touch he had was contested. So Well, I I, I
0: mean, remember well, the, I guess my point my point there is that he he pinned Jared at the rim. Oh yes. As the ball changed sides. He got he was able to get Jared before Jared could get around and yeah and got that catch and now it wasn't like Kurt had a bad game because he was he had a couple threes and I love the way Barr Reeve attacks ball screens I'll, I'll get to that in a second he had a couple threes yeah. he had a couple drives he had obviously he was he was effective on the offensive glass what he end up with what he end up with 19
1: 21 21 uh-huh 21 I mean, and 15 w- was. Was the stats that I seen, so I don't know if those were official or not.
0: And it's hard to hear that and think that Bonds and and Nick Frischie, who started in lieu of Charlie Williams, and, and Frischie's a very capable defender. And it, it's hard to say those guys were really effective. Um, when Hope had the game that he did, but I, you know, I got a chance to speak with Hope's dad on the way out, and. He was like, man, those young guys from Carmel. I didn't tell him that Frishy was a senior, but he goes, those Frishy looks younger than all of them, and he's the oldest Mm -hmm. of the bunch. But he goes, those young guys from Carmel were really beating the crap out of Kurt. And I go, yeah, I I said that's the plan. We, you know, I don't know that. I mean, Charlie would have had his hands full with him, but we've got bodies. We had another kid we could have brought in too, Spencer White, who I think, you know in a normal rotation probably playing above Jared, but Jared mm-hmm. is such a good post defender, and is willing to give up his body. Um, and he was, he was great. I, I figured he was going to play uh, when, when Charlie wasn't even going to be at the game because of the contact tracing. So, um, so it was, it was fun. It, what I enjoyed too was watching um Nep. Mm-hmm. you know, get places with the dribble, make plays. He was, he, he would drive the paint. He would stop. He would, he would make a, he, he would make another move and, and then make a play. And he was, he too was effective. You were the one talking about pressure on those two guys mm-hmm. just to prove what they can do. And I, I get what you're saying. We are both that way with our, the our home guys, our home teams were, but right. it, it, if not pressure, definitely proved that they could play with, with guys that I think, especially Suter and Waddell who are going to be division one players mm-hmm. and, and Josh Wack, who is an excellent defender mm-hmm. and, you know, Carmel is nothing else is usually very good defensively. The one thing they struggled against was how bar Reeve attacked ball screens. It, And I try to tell our guys, the the kids I coach, is sometimes you attack ball screens not because you're going to score, but you're just trying to create separation with the screener. And that's exactly what they did. And I'm going to look up a name here real quick before I get too deep down that path because they obviously hit Hope on a couple of those where uh, Graber came off. It took off, took two dribbles beyond the screen. If nothing else, just to to take his defender with, just to make the guy guarding the screener make a decision. And then who is number 40? Tommy Kidwell. Yeah, he...
1: Tommy Kidwell.
0: He... That was me. That would have been me in high school. I told you that during the game. I. I that's yeah. what I looked like in high school. That is not a compliment to him. <laughs> I mean that self-deprecatingly, so hopefully if they hear that, they, they won't be too offended. But um, you know what? The kid can really shoot it. He got some open looks. He handled it a little bit. He didn't go a whole lot of places with it, but he definitely... You know, he definitely didn't look uncomfortable when he got pressured, Um, but he would also set that ball screen and then he would pick and pop and, and Graber or whoever would take that second dribble knowing full well, they weren't going to get downhill. I don't think other than a couple of times they, they really were, well, they did get downhill and then kick it back out to Hope and. I, I just don't know that they ever really expected to get downhill with the intent to score. I think the whole time they were they were doing that with the intent of of making the, the back action read and,
1: and well that is that is a play that Bar runs religiously yeah. and, and has for, you know, I mean, add Killwell to another long list of great shooters that Bar has, but that's a play that they run to get those guys open. So, you know, that's that's what it's designed for.
0: Well, it was effective. I, I thought Carmel blitzing it uh, was, was a great choice, was a great adjustment. When I coach, we blitz we try to blitz everything. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't have a whole lot of time to put a whole lot of nuance in. We've, we've got one practice a week. We're doing things the same way almost every time. Uh, that, that was a great adjustment Osborne made and it was effective. And they had a hard time reading that next I mean we read shoulders Carmel read shoulders very well. And the Bar Reeve kids had a hard time getting past that rotation. So yes, they 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 pivoted out. They made the first pass almost every time, and that's when things started to unravel for them because we were sitting on it. And they, they never made the next pivot to see if they could find the next open guy. And um, I was surprised a couple of those were – they really threw diagonal long diagonal passes. I was surprised because that, at that point, those were kind of neck up mistakes. Yes. But now we're just really breaking down decision-making. I mean, it was, it was a good game. It was, it took three athletic plays to get to those passes, but they were dangerous. They were high risk passes. And for Carmel, they were fortunate. They made all three of them pay.
1: Well, and, and, you know, Suter's the one that capitalized on the other end off of all three yeah. of those turnovers. So,
0: well, he had the one assist two to Orm.
1: Yeah, I'm that, so, well. Yeah, so that two.
0: I see what you mean. Yeah,
1: yeah. But then he
0: had the he had the score steal score. Yes, and you know, and, and Bar didn't go away. I mean, Bar still had a shot at the end of the game. I don't, we kind of went brain dead there for the final sixteen seconds. And um,
1: well. And Let Barry breathe you, a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me. If you look at it, you know, it, looking at it, Carmel played, what, eight guys?
0: Uh, um, uh, yeah, that's all we had dressed, yeah. really. I mean, that's all they had. Yeah. I mean, that's not all they had dress. Look, they only had one guy on their bench that didn't play in the JV game. Right. But so the other two guys look, that played both were, were JV kids.
1: Right. Barry played six. You know, and, and you could tell, you could tell closing in the last two minutes of that fourth quarter, bar was dead. And, you know, well, you maybe, can only think um, coming into the third quarter, you're up uh, 15, 16, 17. Do you not get some extra rest for a couple of those kids? You know, give up four, six, eight points just to get some extra rest going in towards the end of the game.
0: Yeah, I don't know enough about those other guys to know what that looks like. I mean, uh, I, I feel comfortable okay. in saying we, we're putting in guys that in other schools are going to, you know, be varsity Start. kids no matter what. Yeah, yeah. maybe even yeah. starters, um, you know, and, and Bonds and Orm and White and, uh, you know, those those three especially are mm-hmm. going to be three guys that can play for anybody. And, and, you know, you had Weldy and Goya, we're playing eight normally. And we're not yeah. even worried about JV guys, um, yeah. but those are the three net. Those are the next three dudes, and and those three guys are are all kids that can play. And Burke Weldy too. I should actually throw him in that mix. He would be a varsity starting point guard in a lot of places. Um, I don't. I you know I don't know enough about Bar Reeves personnel beyond what they, actually
1: played that game. Yeah, Bar Reeves can probably go seven confidently, eight, if they really need to for you know a short spell
0: because they've got a lot of juniors on their jv which that that surprised me a little bit
1: yes the jv game
0: was a little closer than what we thought it might be but carmel finally pulled away right but then about it was it wasn't until halftime that i actually dug up the program and realized that they were they were throwing out there a lot of juniors and and then again we had four guys missing because of contact tracing so Mm
1: -hmm.
0: it was a weird day i i think any other time you could postpone that game but uh, we don't we don't postpone a lot of games we don't do it for football and I don't you know there as long as we had enough people to play I think we were going to play that game no matter what which I'm glad because I was glad that game came out it was it was that was obviously a game to target at the beginning of the year because mm-hmm.
1: it was, oh, that was one of my first games
0: yes yeah it was different I mean it was fun to see I, Blackford going down the new Albany beating them Mm-hmm. that's different and when you've got kids like that when you've got kids like Luke Brown when you've got kids like Kurt Hope and and you've got you got guys like Graeber and Nept to go with him you schedule up as much as you can mm-hmm. you know because in Hope's case you you want to get him you want to make sure he gets extra eyes on him for the all-star team you want to make sure that right. these people know who he is and 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 who knows maybe it's Graber would be a slim shot at making it but you know who knows with, you know, with some of this stuff where, you know, and and, and sometimes it's even all state teams too. Where, you know, kid like Grayburn yeah. Net for the junior all star team. Anytime you can get different set of eyes from different part of the state on you, then you're mm-hmm. you're doing your job if you're a school coach of making well, sure you guys he, get some get seen.
1: I mean Hagan Hagen-Nepp, Hagen Hagen-Nepp's the kind of kid. You can take the top twelve in the state and throw him in there and he's going to play with him. He just, he's, he has no conscience when it comes to yeah. basketball. He just goes and plays, you know, which sometimes that's good and sometimes that's bad.
0: Well, most of the time it's, I'd say it's probably pretty good. Yes. I'm looking real quick here. So who was your best team of the week?
1: I have to go with bar You're going with bar yeah.
0: Because they Just they played at
1: home,
0: that's fine. No, that that's yeah, fine. And, and they probably played as well as they could play in that mm-hmm. environment. Um, I'm looking at something here real quick, trying to figure out what games I went to. Like, I can never remember. I'm getting old. Um, I mean, I'm going to go with. My best team of the week that I – just, again, these are just the games we saw. hmm I mean, I guess I'm going to – my only other option would be Bloomington North. I saw Bloomington North versus Perry Meridian. I don't think Bloomington North played their best game. I And I got – I guess I'm going to go with Carmel just for the reason of – not that I have to explain it, but just for the reason of they, they found a way to win. Mm-hmm. They, they played a lot of young guys. That They played two guys that don't normally play, but I can tell you that Orm will definitely, I think his JV days are done. And I, th- I think you'll see, uh, I think you'll see, hopefully you'll see Bonds get some more, you know, get some additional opportunities varsity-wise. And, and, you know, if, if those three sophomores, and I know Spence didn't play, but if those three sophomores can provide varsity minutes, and just be consistent when they're on the court and a kid like Weldy can be consistent, then that's just a a layer of depth that Carmel hasn't had in in a while. And, um, I mean, I'd still say they're the best team I saw last week because I know what they look like when they're fully healthy and
1: they're. they're So so with that being said, you had three kids, four kids maybe that come out and, and proved that they can play high level basketball. So does, you know, when your other guys get back and are healthy, does that give you nine deep? I
0: mean, it could, they could, they could be conceited. Look, I, they, they could conceivably go 10 deep, really. Okay. I mean, if they wanted to, well, really good. I mean, well, a good ball player. Um, you know, Spencer white is a kid that can, when he's looking to be aggressive and, and engaging the defense and, and looking to get downhill, he can also, he shoots it. Well, he's a really, he's an excellent passer. Um, I'm surprised he didn't play a little bit, but only because he just would have came in and filled the same role that Bonds filled mm-hmm. for the moment. And that's no different than what Suter was like when, when he was getting his first varsity minutes, his job was just be a motor guy, a, you know, a good defender. And, and, you know, he didn't hardly ever shoot the ball. That wasn't an offensive rebound when he right. was a fresh when he was a freshman. And honestly, last year, the first few games, had wasn't real sure that his offense was going to be developed enough to, to make that jump with all those kids that graduated after his freshman year. And mm-hmm. then he just suddenly started things kicked in, and, and then Waddell got healthy. Um, and that's what Carmel was playing, just outstanding basketball in February, heading into the state tournament.
1: Well, and that's what – you know, you look at – the one thing I like about Suter, he's got a college body already. Yeah. And it's only going to get better. So, you know, and that's what a lot of people – I mean, you take a look at, at – you. I mean, even at the D2 level, you look at UND and USI. Man, those are big-bodied dudes in there, man. Yeah. You know, and, and Suter's got the kind of body he's going to be able to go up there to where to – and contribute as soon as he gets there.
0: I do be I practice
1: don't f- team or whatever.
0: I don't think a lot of these kids know how athletic and how physical – the top NAIA and top division two programs Mm -hmm. are, but that's another tangent for another day. I mean, we've, Zach and I have talked about it in the off season when we were going through, like, you know, we would dedicate a recruiting pod, you know, a podcast to recruiting stuff, but, um, but that's the short of it. And you're right. Suter's definitely got and the frame that he can put weight on is he's just, you know, he looks the part, you know, and he can, Mm -hmm. um, and who's your best player?
1: Um, I have to go with Bryson Graber. Okay. Um, I don't. But, I don't think people realize that Bryson, and I and I couldn't tell what it is, but I think Bryson either had a split or a cut on his hand all game no. long, which kind of was affecting him. So he was me, he
0: was wearing something on his
1: hand. Yeah, and that's you know to be the facilitator and 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 not just so I picked Bryson number one, because I wanted to see how he would guard at a high level. And I think he did very well on Suter, even though Suter was playing a different role, but, you know, because that was one of my concerns for Bryson going in. Okay. He looks slow, but he's long and lanky. So he's not as slow as he really looks. So how well can he guard? And he done a nice job on that. And he facilitated, I mean, that's what he's there to do is facilitate, and he does it very well.
0: He was really good. Um, my best player, best performance, however we want to play that out, is is just easy. It's Will Leary. Yeah. And I, I do want to throw kudos to Orm and Bonds and Frishy for the way they <laughs> stepped up. But the way that Leary, I mean, literally put, I mean, he just literally he truly put Carmel on his back. Mm-hmm. And and carried the day, and he, you know, the Carmel had a little bit of foul trouble. They were, you know, trying to change some things up and trying to make sure Pete and and uh, Suter and Brian whiteell could get rest, and because neither one of those guys go really go full games, I've not mm-hmm. seen it happen yet. And he was, and there's lineups out there when we've got, we, we've, we put out some lineups out there where only two guys were going to take shots and Leary mm-hmm. made it so that we were going to have three guys out there taking shots. And, and normally that's fine because Goya's handling the ball. You know, if it's Goya and it's whack and it's, and if it's, if Charlie's in foul trouble, we're playing Frishy. you know, Frishy and whack are two guys that aren't going to take a lot of shots unless they're just really, really wide open. Um, it's okay that it's just Pete and and Brian or Suter and Waddell because Goy is out there making things happen. And then he himself will has become a reliable catch and shoot guy. He's not gonna be a dude that comes mm-hmm. off screens and hit shots, but he is definitely he's a kick out guy. He's a he's a second pass guy or he's a second catch guy and he can hit that open shot and and that started to materialize late last year. And it's followed him into his senior year. So, but Leary put them on their back. Put him. Put Carmel on his back. Shot the heck out of it. And that translates. I think that's going to be something. He's not going to go out and hit seven threes in a game when when everybody's there. But he's also going to be able to go out there and make sure he's going to change the gravity of of the other team's defense because now you know he can do that. He can he can drop seven threes on you, and now you're going to have to guard that while you're guarding Suter while you're guarding. Waddell, why you're guarding Charlie Williams as he's gets as he gets going. And and then obviously Joy is going to be the guy that is going to be the straw that stirs that drink. And so I'm giving Leary my best my best performance of the week, best performer. And um, you know, and I, I think that's he was he was really impressive. Was he, it, I tweeted this during the game. It reminded me of his dad's his the the 90 seconds that his father had against Duke back oh, yes. in 1992 <laughs> where he just came out and Indiana's just desperate and probably even out of it. I remember it was, I was doing a fantasy baseball draft in West Lafayette of all places. The only guy there rooting <laughs> for IU and Duke's beating Indiana and I'm taking a lot of crap for it. And then Larry comes in, hits three threes in a hurry. And all of a sudden we're all sweating. Well, they're all sweating. I was screaming. So, right. Um, So yeah, I was in, I was out of my element being West Lafayette for that, but um, nevertheless, it was, it was fun and and it was good for Leary to have that game because, you know, he's, he could be, he's going to be a really good weapon going forward and people are going to have to guard him and that just makes Carmel better. And of course that makes me happy. So.
1: Well, and that's, you know, maybe two of his seven threes were contested. So, you know, he was given five opportunities to prove himself and he did it. You know, I mean Damn. he had very good looks and he hit him and that's that's huge.
0: And he hit him in transition. And there was one yeah. time I thought he should have pulled up in transition, but <laughs> it's just me. <laughs> <laughs> um but uh, anyway, anything else before we you got your hot take well, ready? I mean, we're 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 not going to it right now, but you got your hot take ready. Well, in my mind
1: I do. I was just scrolling right. Twitter. Um, it looks that uh, 2020 Sam Reese from Eastern green. Did we say anything about him in recruiting? Oh, committed. He committed, yeah, he to, committed somebody. to point university
0: point university. All right. Uh-huh. So we'll, we, we owe Sam an apology for not getting that up there. Yeah. Um, Box out sports is a leading online graphic solution for giving you the ability to create professional content in seconds to highlight your team and student athletes each season. You can sign up for a free demo at BoxOutSports.com, and that's not just for school teams. That's not even just for basketball. It's any sport, club level. However, you want to handle that. They've got nice packages. Uh, if you people that don't know Zach Tyler, ZT Hoops Seventeen, am I reading that right? ZT Hoops Seventeen is or no ZT Seventeen Hoops on Twitter. He's doing a lot of stuff for us on Box Out. He's gotten into some short run videos uh, with with some nice graphics, looking sharp, doing things up right for the website. So courtside Indiana podcast is on Apple podcast and Spotify as well as SoundCloud. You could subscribe via each of those apps and have our podcast delivered straight to your phone, tablet or desktop. We appreciate those five-star reviews that we, that we're getting. There's not a ton of them, but we're would definitely appreciate a rating and a review. We'd love to have a review and, and any questions of us. And those of us or those of you that do listen, we appreciate it. And now we go to Hot Take Theater. Barney, what's your hot take? Again, we're not discussing them. We're just saying them We're we're getting out. What's your hot take?
1: Hall of Fame tournament. Blackford beats Shenandoah. Barreve beats Fort Wayne Blackhawk. Blackhawk beats – or Blackford beats Reeve
0: You got Reeve beating Blackhawk, huh?
1: Yes. All right, we're, we're not, not discussing,
0: discussing it. it. I yeah, disagree immensely, but <laughs> no offense to Barry. I tell
1: you it. what, Blackhawks look really damn good. <laughs> I know. It's the hottest I could get, man. Come on. My hot
0: take, and I'm going to make sure I say this right, is do not have coach coaching evaluations from the previous year mm. on the day of a game the following year. Bad things happen when that happens. Coaches mm. tend to retire. That's all I got. Ouch. Barney, appreciate your time.
1: Thank you for having have me.
0: Have a good week. Good luck down at Tell City. And yes. uh, those will be some good games. And uh, again, uh, shout out to Zach for doing his Christmas thing today. We'll have everybody, we'll have the whole game, should have the whole gang back next week. And for everybody else, thanks for listening.